All right, we're back, folks, once again, live in Greenwood. Bonjour, shalom, what's up, and how you living? Keeping the people of Seattle up to date and apparently occasionally nationalizing our program for the rest of the world and America's borders as well. And that's why today... We have a guest uh, in uh, from Dallas, Texas, I believe. It is Nicole. Nicole, how you living? <laughs> we may. Uh, Nicole, how you living? Pretty good today so far. Yeah, uh, and so we're uh, we're now taking on the issues here in our show. How you living? Starting, of course, with uh, a little program part we call Callbacks. And uh, today is, uh, it's obviously the week after the elections that we had uh, so much kind of run up to, both locally and nationally. Indeed. And uh, I think to kick off the callbacks, we should update the listeners as far as how Tuesday went. Oh, yeah. Tuesday in Seattle. Tuesday in Seattle was okay. Well, okay for someone like me, uh, because Danny Durkin did get elected as mayor, which a lot of us didn't want. Right. But, you know, we understand why it happened. And with that said, she is uh, Seattle's first lesbian mayor. So that is a victory there. Right. And so and who else? Teresa Mosqueda and uh, Lorena M. Gonzalez uh, were elected as citywide uh, seats. So John Grant and Pat Murakami did not win those seats. So it's been as I guess you could say it's really much like liberal establishment, which isn't bad for like keeping the status quo in right. the city but it's bad for progress in the end yeah. i think well i hope not so that's the local one and then to kind of open it up for anyone listening abroad from here from the seattle uh island that we live uh the virginia governor race the democrats got a gubernational so a gubernatorial position indeed and it was a close one. It was a really close one. It was one of the closest, yeah. And so, uh, but with that, it kind of sets up 2018, which I think there's several uh, state races that oh, are yes. for uh, for governor that for that season. So uh, it's going to be interesting running into that. Indeed. <clears throat> and I think with that, we actually should kind of go into our main segment and I think talk about the um election at large because uh, um our guest nicole uh is a trans woman and there was a lot of victories uh, for trans people in the elections that came about on tuesday yeah a callback leading into an episode that's like a smooth segue i try uh and so yeah uh nicole uh being in dallas right now and now kind of looking at the the elections that occurred uh what are your feelings about last Tuesday pretty exciting to see especially knowing because one of my best friends here in the Dallas Fort Worth area is the mayor of one of the smaller towns around Dallas and she's actually currently the only openly transgender mayor not only in Texas but in the United States wow wow okay okay and uh and with that, um, looking towards the, the national race, uh, 
do you think uh how do you think it's gonna it's gonna change kind of the attitudes of i mean which state because i want to make sure i get this right because it's is it virginia or was it south carolina's i thought it was uh north carolina state house state house okay because that's where uh, i was actually got the virginia state house you've got the minneapolis uh city council Mm -hmm. two two positions for the minneapolis city council a city council member in georgia okay uh one in palm springs and i think there was one more i forget the other one but there was one more i believe so yeah transgender candidates and and going out for political offices which is like a lot to do with what kind of our show has been about this whole kind of uh like yeah i guess a year now almost Mm -hmm. close to it it's pretty close to officially a year uh has been just kind of getting people that want to make a difference and be a part of the change to actually run and represent because so many people are part of the kind of the notifying and the like media part of it but to really get down in action and actually be a part of the representation is is a big step forward and seeing different candidates from different places coming up and and being able to represent different kind of voices that aren't necessarily represented that's kind of the entire point of our politics Mm -hmm. so it's 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 yeah i think tuesday was an exciting moment and i think 2018 is just around the corner and it's way closer than I think people are giving it credit. Like, oh, for sure. Like 12 months to, to get some serious candidates for some of these serious positions is short order at this point. You know, got to work hard. But uh, what what kind of uh, insights or topics did you have um, that you wanted to bring to how you live in, uh, Nicole? Something else is, I, for example, here in Texas, yes, we're the South. But it's actually, it's not exactly simple to be mm-hmm. trans here in Texas, but it's also, you know, it's a little bit better off than some places. Like, for example, I, for, for a trans person to change their name and gender marker, it, it goes through a court, so that doesn't make it totally easy because it all depends on the judge. But because it all does depend on the judge, you can go to a judge that you know will support you. And that's why why we have it to where if you're in Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, or Austin, then we have judges there that we know are friendly to trans people. And we send them there so that they can get their name and gender marker changes done there. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> and do you know if any states um, out there that are leading the charge where they don't make um, the bureaucratic nonsense hard on people who would like to do that? There, uh, there's some states I've seen, like, for uh, I've, I've read about uh, Washington, Oregon, and a few other states. It's a matter of just getting a letter from your therapist saying that you've undergone, you've undergone treatment for basically for being transgender and that mm-hmm. uh, it's irreversible and once you have that letter you take that to the DMV and they'll update all of your your uh vote your licenses and all that and then you can also there's some states not on Texas isn't one of them but I think I know Washington and a few other states have to if you have that letter 
you can also update your birth certificate as well. Oh, yeah, I think I've heard about that. Being from Washington and Mikkel being from Oregon, but now we're both living in Washington. Yeah, originally from Washington, transplanted to Oregon, and then returned. <laughs> I'm just, I just, <laughs> I just followed the Columbia, and it, at one point it must have rained backwards. Go. Yeah. Um. Well, so I guess since uh, we're our our show oh. has the State of America segment, uh, how does this fit? To you, Chaz, in kind of what you were going to talk about today, given the movement going on and and politics culture right now. For sure. Well, I would hope with um, all the different trans candidates that are going through, it's definitely in the state houses and talking with Nicole about how it's hard to change their ID because you want to live as the person you are. I wonder if there'll be more uh, bills being brought forth to allow that to happen. Um, especially I think over in North Carolina, uh, the woman who won the position there beat out the guy who actually proposed the trans bill, um, in North Carolina, which made him like, you know, society said, no, you can't do that. Even though everybody else was trying to make a big deal of it. So that's what I'm hoping to see. And then I hope in 2018, um, there's some people that hit the national races and you have a trans person in Senate. You have a trans person, um, in Congress or running a, for one of those governor races. Exactly. Yeah. That way, you know, more of those mm-hmm. ideas can be put into law. So it, it becomes more and more just people like that's just the way things are. Right. Uh, but we said this whole month, everyone is talking about taxes and everything and, and what I wanted to talk about was kind of a semi callback to episode 12 when we had our friend Katie on and Katie's a grad student and it would seem like the tax plan that the GOP is proposing would basically have teachers and teachers and grad students lose a lot of tax credits that um, they get that they need right in order to survive to, so. to continue education as an option. Wow. And Nicole, uh, as we're talking about the tax plan, because the tax plan is a big deal and it affects all of us. Is there anything that you heard about the tax plan that uh, being in Texas and doing uh, what you do in your daily life that might affect you in an adverse way? I heard with is especially being here in Texas, Mm -hmm. it's simple fact that all of our senators and our founders, they're all in complete support of it, and that's for the simple fact that here in Texas, it's highly Republican, even though there are small pockets mm-hmm. like Dallas, Houston, and parts of Austin that are blue, the rest of the state is majorly red, so sure. it's one of those where it's, we've, we've heard about it, but we haven't, so, for me, I'm unemployed right now, actually, mm-hmm. so it's, I haven't heard about it job-wise, but I, I have heard about it because of the fact we're a majorly Republican state. Right. Indeed. And it doesn't... And the Republicans seem to support it a lot, and but a lot of the critics are saying it's uh, a redressing of trickle-down economics. And I've been watching a few news programs that have basically... Benevolent millionaires have come on and say, hey, no, this is how I will save a lot of money on taxes. And they've definitely said that they are pushing it down to the middle class. Right. Yep, that's what I've heard as well. Um, 
So, I mean, the 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 current kind of strategy of uh, of the of the Republicans is just kind of push the old rhetoric and hope Trump goes along with it if it fits into his kind of agenda, and then they try to keep their head down if anything he says muddies their waters. And meanwhile, you know, Democrats are winning like kind of like landslide elections in some of these cases mm-hmm. um, because it's almost as if their backs are turned right now to this election, you know, like this process because they're so burdened by trying to save face and the way these town hall meetings have been going. And mm-hmm. like it's like it's almost impossible for them to focus on these campaigns. And the Democrats are using candidates who some of them have never even served. You know, so they don't have like campaign histories or strategies. They're just trying to win elections by getting votes. For sure. <laughs> so it's this kind of a real opportunity for the the Dems to kind of re-identify themselves with this kind of m- more close to a populist movement. You know, reasonable to the to the to the masses by by just kind of grassroots political strategies like local candidates that are not necessarily former pol- politicians. So. Yeah, and I and I'm glad that it was state houses as well because what have I been saying this whole time is that state legislatures are all the under like represented as far as media's exposure mm-hmm. workhorses of our government. Oh yeah, you know it's the state legislature houses that are really making laws happen. So other thing to remember also I I see is don't just for the Democrats it's one of those where okay yeah. They're going to be riding the high of anti-Trump sentiment, uh-huh. but at the same time, it's one of those you got to remember. Okay, don't just run off of that. Run up off of the fact you're going to do something while you're in office as well. Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. Definitely, as we've been doing the show, I definitely want to bring up bills every week because I'm like, this is how our process works. This is how new things get introduced into law, and this is how it's changed the status quo. So we can't always just complain that the status quo is what it is without taking some active effort into trying to fix it. Speaking of which, do you have any uh, bill watches? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, no. Basically, the, the tax plan was bill watch. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we're, a bill watch all this month will be about the tax plan. In, the GOP is adding some changes to it. So next week... We'll go over to see if those changes do anything to actually help the middle class or if it's just going to, you know, make them think they're helping through, through you know, rent or I forget. I, I will figure it out for next week. But there's like a scoring system that they use that bill watch that people don't use. And that really annoys a lot of the Republicans for when they said, no, this will not keep us uh our taxes the way they need to be for the government to run correctly and then they're saying but no they will because you look at this number but that number is an assumption so it shouldn't be really taken into account but they won't tell you that but anyway i just booted the soundboard i just had to make sure it was working uh but it was also a good moment yes right so there's another thing that uh it wasn't too long ago that we talked about the Las Vegas shooting and what basically while we were recording last week, the horrific events that happened in Texas happened last week as well too, which, and I wanted to transition to that because every time it happens, we talk about common sense gun laws and, and everything of that sort. So uh, it's just one of those things again, where we say 
when is enough is enough, but when can we have the people in our legislator, le- legislature actually start enacting some laws that would curtail this type of violence, even though we have the right to guns in America? Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts about um, the situation this last week, uh, Nicole, as being uh, uh, located in Texas, close to kind of the epicenter? Yeah, it's one of those to where uh, we need to stop sitting on our ass and actually have a conversation about it because, and not just have one where it's at the national level, but have one at at the local level as in the state level as well mm. because the whole thing is it's we're seeing is continually happening but nothing's being done yeah and states point finger because whenever it, it occurs in one state then they'll say the guns came from another state or the person is moved there from this other state and exactly yeah. exactly one it, of those where it's like, okay we yeah we need to have something national, but at the same time, if national is not going to do anything, we need to come up with something in the states. Exactly. Yeah, that's uh that's one of my kind of political points as far as all problems. You know, we got to fix them on the local level as mm-hmm. as quick as possible, and then go from there. Um, like even if it's just community building, if you just got to like meet your neighbors. Oh uh, yeah. You know, call back to you know the old sh- the old shows. Um, you know, meeting your neighbors is a is a start to building a community. Communities then might coalesce and understand kind of each other's environment. They'll vote for the same candidates. Therefore, mm-hmm. those candidates give a good representation of that local environment, and it kind of builds from there. And that strategy isn't employed because everyone is ignoring everybody. No one knows their neighbors right now. You know, we're we're all yeah. trying to avoid each other. And it's terrible, <laughs> you know, it's terrible. And uh, and I think once we figure out how to kind of build those communities and uh, and get these votes, you know, starting at the local level, we'll, we'll stop seeing so much political infighting because it'll be good candidates running against good candidates. For sure. You know, but... And the, how you're saying neighbor meeting neighbor, yeah, not... Too much nowadays is to where okay, we go through our day like we go to work, go do whatever, come home, and don't spend any time outside interacting with our neighbors. Exactly. Yeah, I had a I had a political science teacher back in college who kind of broke that down to this era of post 1930s, where all the buildings that were in the neighborhoods that were being built, like all the houses. Um, stopped having real large front porches and started having large enclosed backyards. And that became kind of like a strategy of, of architectural kind of a sales pitch is having your own private backyard. And as that became the norm with the technology of uh, garage door openers, you ended up to the point where you didn't even have to get out of your car. You know, you just hit the button and you oh, yeah. drive into your house that doesn't have a porch. So you're going to be hanging out in the backyard. So you're never actually interacting with your neighbors. It became the norm. We normalized it, mm-hmm. you know, and now we're suffering because now we don't know who the guy on the street is. And we might even say he's nice or we might even say he's weird. We might not know anything about them. But, you know, at the same time, just meeting people, you can you can 
quote unquote tear down those fences oh yeah no that's an interesting contrast because i'm thinking about how i live in seattle now and i'm originally from philadelphia and in philadelphia i lived in west philadelphia which is row homes and row homes have both backyards and front porches right right so we pretty much knew who we knew on our street in philadelphia i guess basically because of urban density and you know economics and all that every summer we would have block parties and block parties are just as it sounds. It's like you have a live party, loud music, good food, everyone potlucks it. And, you know, you have fun and games. The fire hydrant is going down at the end of the street. You know, there was a limbo contest I won when I was like six. It was great. <laughs> and it's, but yeah, I've never done it. I mean, I've done like community manufactured block parties in Seattle, but that's not the same thing. Right. It wasn't super community driven. And that, and the thing you said about the uh, the garage opener, yeah, we have a backyard. We hang out in our backyard a lot. I wouldn't know my neighbors if I didn't actively take an effort to know my neighbors. And uh, and even then, I only know a few of them. And it does seem odd to be like, yo, let's do like a block party thing, which sounds awesome, but that's not the culture here. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, literally, there's probably 500 people within three blocks of us right now. Mm-hmm. And we probably could meet five if we really tried the next hour. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> and that's part of the. That's just part of the solution. You know, that's not even the whole solution. It does go back to what you said, Nicole, about state candidates, statewide candidates. You know, there's still a bigger problem at hand, so we do have to to motivate those elections as well. You know, which is bigger than our neighbors and our communities, but it's important. You know, it, it's. It's also important for people to take law serious, and we need to get people kind of more motivated to become lawyers. Oh, yeah. Because the legality of our government is a big stepstone of why so many of them enter into the law field mm-hmm. post or before. And and it's, it has a lot to do with how the state houses are formed, that there always has to be this legalese to everything that they pass as a bill. Oh, yeah, for sure. And so we definitely need to motivate people that may not feel like going into representation to, to know that, that being like strong in law, specifically political law, uh, is another angle for them to, to help kind of represent and, and try and get those positions. Indeed. You know. Uh, so I guess, um, we can, I can do a, uh, uh, a little fun topic. Uh, of course we've passed, uh, the Halloween, which means we're moving on to the next holiday in the holiday lineup, which is Thanksgiving. Oh yeah. And so, uh, I just wanted to, to just bring up, uh, you know, we can always, you know, let's do the, uh, the Christmas Carol, a Christmas Carol version of it, which is like, you know the good and the bad, all in one. Uh, what is uh, what is your favorite parts of just kind of Thanksgiving's past or 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 current uh, for you, Chaz? What what's your go-to Thanksgiving moment? Uh, first thing that you think of when you think of like a good th- a Thanksgiving that's going good. Uh, I think of turkey. I think of the potluck, and I just think of like who go into the place where whoever is your family. What what style food they're going to have? Well, no, no, no. Just like the collective effervescence of Thanksgiving dinner in and of itself. Okay. Like, if if you like the people that you're having Thanksgiving with, you're going to have a good time. Well, because I've never been in the instance where I've gone to Thanksgiving and I've dreaded it. I've gone to Thanksgiving and someone was, like, telling out someone else. 
Okay. It's always just like when I was a kid, Thanksgiving oh, was about basically it, it, it was definitely uh, I guess the word for it now is patriarchal because it, there was the basement. The basement had a bar and all the dudes were in the bar watching Thursday night football. Oh, man, that'd be dope. Uh, right. See, <laughs> see, I like I did not have that. I did not have that. Wow. Right. I, I went to multiple trailer parks because of our relatives were really old. That's where they had they had reduced to is because they had those retirement trailer parks, essentially, that were created. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. And I had to go to multiple double wides. And like the only kind of fond memory were the three years in a row I went to my stepdad's families because, you know, you had the I had the, the rotating of the of the stepdad era um, and uh and he, uh, he, his grandpa, everyone made like turkey and all that. But then grandpa made this like amazing spaghetti sauce and spaghetti is like this side dish, mm-hmm. but it was super bomb. And like, it was my favorite part was like, and I love that it was kind of anti Thanksgiving in a weird way. Oh yeah. Was cause it was spaghetti. It's like, who has spaghetti on Thanksgiving? Yeah, I know, but he made his whole <laughs> his whole point was this super meat sauce he made, and so I was like, I'm all for it. I'm gonna eat it. It's good. But uh, yeah, uh, I guess, and then I guess on the bad end of Thanksgiving, the awkward family time. Sometimes, time, sometimes the conversation gets a little too personal. Oh yeah, you know, you get the uncle who gets a little too drunk. They get either get a little too into your life, or they get a little too exposed about their life. <laughs> you know, it's. Uh, what about you? What are your uh, memories of Thanksgiving, Nicole? Let's, let's just say. I, I, the, I remember whenever I was younger, going over to a certain family's house, and we'd all get together, and then by the time the afternoon hits, everyone's got their food, and we're all watching the Cowboys play, so then it's, it's, it's one of the things I miss now, because the simple fact is, now it's, even though I have family, it's not my birth family. I have a family of choice now. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing is what it makes it hard is that I don't have a vehicle. So trying to go somewhere for Thanksgiving is harder trying to get over there because I don't have a vehicle. Right. Oh, yeah. And everybody wants you to bring things to it. So even if you have trouble uh, public transportation, you have to figure out how you're going to put it in there, how it's going to stay okay. and Exactly. It's, uh, it's, but the good thing, I've got some friends who are I'm very close with that I'll probably be going to see for Thanksgiving, but it's one of those where I would love to be with my, my birth family, but uh-huh. with me, with my transition, even though they've told me, yes, we support you, mm-hmm. I've got other family, it's like, yeah, I already know how you're going to react, and I really, really don't want to deal with that. No, I totally understand not putting yourself in situations that are going to stress you out ultimately. Yeah. So if it is going super great, what's your favorite part of the entire kind of atmosphere of Thanksgiving? My favorite is, is the food, just having food with everyone. Usually most foods are always pretty good, so, you know. Okay. What's any of the any of the the normal ones that is your favorite? Favorite would be usually doing dressing ham. So. 
Okay, okay, and you you got the extra there, the ham. Sometimes, yeah, that's kind of been a a standard add-on as well of a protein. Exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, uh, what what other segments do you have following uh my little <laughs> Thanksgiving detour there, Chaz? Uh, other than that, our well, I guess penultimate segment usually my random musings, but. Now that we have Nicole on, uh, Nicole, if you would like, tell us more. So if you could tell anybody listening who's wondering what is it like being trans in America uh, from whatever you what from what you've already said before, what else should they know? Being trans in America depends on where you're at, although being in the big cities, it's relatively safe. That doesn't always mean that nothing happens either. Mm-hmm. I, I've actually been outside waiting for the bus to one night I was waiting to go to church and another time I was waiting to go to a meeting and one I had one guy tell me that, oh, I thought you were a chick. And then another one asked me if I was trans and whenever I told him, and whenever I asked him why does it matter, he told me it was because he want he thought I needed some dark chocolate in my life. Mm. So it's it's one of those it dep- it it all depends on where you're at, and no amount of transition will save you. Even though there are others who, and I hate using this word, but mm-hmm. there are those who pass uh-huh. more than others. But the whole thing is, it's we we all transition differently. So mm-hmm. it's it's one of the things where just because one person takes hormones, another person might be com- completely comfortable with just transitioning at clothes, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And with that in mind, the thing to remember is if that's how someone chooses to, to transition, respect that. Don't just, oh, well, are you going to do this? Are you going to do that? We all transition differently. And so for some people, they might not want to change their name, for example. Okay. So it, there's there's different methods of transitioning, and not everyone's transition is the same. Wow. I mean, it's it's simple, but it's it makes sense why, why you have to say that, that, that some people just haven't gotten that through through their own heads you know that's uh uh interesting um so given that situation and the new kind of hopefully with the the new kind of lawmakers that we're seeing uh we can start to kind of normalize uh a respect culture you know and Mm -hmm. and and represent and and not be so personal with our questioning why because someone is of a certain style of difference, whether it's transgender or disability or anything that you see that's different about somebody that you walk up to and might say something, you don't have the right to question people mm-hmm. in that manner. You know, like no, for sure, it's it, yeah, you know. It's uh, okay. We're all human. We're we're not. It's not like we're trying to force anything down your throat. We're just trying to exist here on Earth, you know. No, yeah, it's just like everyone else. Life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I and I've I've 
I see people because I ride the bus. I'm not driving these days, and and I see how people can interact with different. I mean, pretty much I've seen it all <laughs> riding certain buses here in Seattle, and so uh, when people get upset and 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 yell obscenities and 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 just create violence towards anybody that is different to them, it's so unnerving and like. It's the only the only like fail safe benefit that comes out of those situation is seeing the overall kind of society that's actually not on board with it. Mm-hmm. Like that's the only thing that happens in those moments is witnessing that everyone else on board is not on board with it, and those that are in an ability that can then put a stop to it do. And the two times I seen it on a bus, the bus driver stopped and literally just turned around and said, "You need to go." Mm. And both times said it stern enough and basically then had to say, you know, if you don't, the cops are coming, that they got off the bus. Mm. And so the person that was being ber- berated won, you know, because, you know, the, the, the public good was done. But but that doesn't always happen, you know. Mm-hmm. But the only thing that comes out of that is when you're on those bus, you can feel like 20, 30 other people being like, okay, someone's going to have to do something. <laughs> like, it's bystander effect in, yeah. in effect. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. So the it sucks that they're a loud minority, the people that are actually like against uh, normalizing people just being respectful and, and they somehow get a lot of attention, but it is a minority ultimately. Like I, I ultimately believe most people are good and have good sense in their heart of, of people around them and know people in their own families and they have it. It's just this weird vocal minority of 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 disrespectful people that somehow get enough traction in whatever way. Mm-hmm. And once we kind of break that kind of medium up, uh, I I think we'll see less of it. You know. Oh yeah, because we it's normal. So we just need the rest of the world to realize it's normal. And some people are using reasons why they think it isn't normal. And we're like, no, that's wrong. It's yeah. normal. Stop. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, well, what what uh, does this fit at all into your grow the brain segment of, uh, of the show? Or helping people see a brighter future moving forward, Chaz? Uh, before we move on to that, is there anything else you wanted to say, Nicole? Uh, the main thing is that... Trans people around for since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. Just because we didn't, you didn't hear about it in history or read about it in history, doesn't mean it didn't exist. It's just a simple fact. Now we're we're able to be come out and be visible because now we have words for it. We're a, we see that hey, if we don't if we don't become visible, then we're just can't get left behind. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that seems like how humanity grows a lot too, because there's concepts, and if you can't articulate a concept, it, it can be hard for people to understand it. And it even goes back all the way to where you see some cultures don't use the same colors, uh, use the same words for like blue and purple and everything like that. So that's what keep in mind. That- Yes, it may seem like it's a new phenomenon. It's not. It's been around for quite a while. It's mm-hmm. just we just now we now have the words for it, and that's how, for a lot of us. 
especially with my generation and older, we we didn't have words for it when we were younger. So now that we do, now what? Hey, this is what's this is what we're going through. Indeed, and and I'm glad that you have the words for it now, so we can understand it because. Definitely, this was not talked about when I was a kid. I did not even know it existed when I was a kid. So I am glad that now we're in a place where we are allowed to talk about it openly and have more people know what it is and and how to make it a part of their lives. Yeah, and basically make it safer for people to to feel like they're respected and normal in society and not like, be objectified by any differences you know mm-hmm. it seems to be a conversation we have to keep bringing up but it's, it's that's the only way it's going to become normal though no i understand that i'm just saying it's like it's just ridiculous that there it there's that much of a pushback from any population you know it's just it's, humans don't like change yeah in the, and then the thing is the things they think they fear they don't and then they don't understand what they actually fear and then they vote based on fear when they get guys like Trump in office it's just they're scared it's like they're so scared they're just angry and mean and it's weird you know and I've seen it like on these bus people because as soon as they're confronted and they feel like there's Mm -hmm. a turn of tide they run Mm -hmm. you know for sure yeah well, Nicole, um, I, I mean, are you going to do you have a grow your brain segment or are we? I do. Oh, well, it was more uh, how to fight and grow your brain at the same time. Uh, there is a book that we posted on our Facebook page that we're going to add to our reading list. And I'm probably going to pick it up today, either the audio book or the physical book. And it's called Don't Just March, Run for Something, A Real Talk Guide to Fixing, Fixing the System Yourself by amanda Littman, and she's the co-founder of run for something there you go she's been listening to the show no i don't know if she has i don't think she has but (laughs) (laughs) sounds like it that's kind of what we're that's that's our motto here um so that's cool so we're gonna all right i'll add that to the reading list or maybe I'll even look for it on audible.com slash how you live. No, we don't, <laughs> we don't have we don't have that yet. I'm just getting ready because they're going to come knocking one day. Indeed. Uh, but yeah, you can have people read books to you these days. Um, which, you know, that maybe that's part of it. We you know write write books, too. <laughs> if you can't run for something. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Add to the conversation. If your voice is is not being heard indeed and nicole do you have any resources you want to tell our listeners about um if they want to follow up from what they heard today best resource i can actually give it is my is my twitter feed and as uh at nicole n-i-c-o-l-e lynn l-y-n-n dfw as in dallas fort worth and so i usually share a lot of information from there and from there, you, if you have any questions for me or anything like that, give me a, give, send me a message or do anything like that. Reach out to me. I, I'm available for any questions. If you want me to talk to someone, let me know. I'm, I'm free to talk to you. All right. Awesome. That's amazing. Well, that's supportive. There you go. And otherwise, you know, listeners, just be respectful of people that are out there that you meet. 
you know, that may be different, you know? And uh, I, I hope one day this the show reaches people that may or may not agree with everything we say and actually hear some things and maybe change their minds. Yeah, for sure. So uh, that's the goal. Uh, Chaz, uh, I guess uh, my last message is just that, to <laughs> slow down and be respectful, people. Um, and to follow me at C-Town Mayor. That's to help your municipality by the sea. And uh, we got Chaz here. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at CRSII and at Chaz underscore Baz at other places. And make sure you give us a like over on our Facebook page where we try to keep you updated during the week of the things that are happening and give you a little preview of what we're going to talk about on the pod each week. And that's that, guys. Uh, keep listening each week. Thank you, Nicole. Uh, we really appreciate your time today. Not a problem. And uh, we'll be back next week, folks. Take care. Take care. Catch you later. I'm a straight rider. You don't want to fuck with me. Got the police busting at me. But you can't do nothing to the G.